Good morning, TBF. How are we all doing today? I feel, I feel like we have a little bit of a light crowd. I feel like I should have an army mode and be like, if there's an empty seat in front of you, move forward. But it's all good. It's all good. Um, you know, the weather kind of made things a little bit hard for travel this morning, so I think that's why some people aren't here. We have some illness going through. Um, even our Gideon's Christmas party was canceled because we have uh, a few people out with COVID. So keep yourself safe, keep yourself healthy, wash your hands, have fun, enjoy, um, but spread Christmas cheer. Um, I titled this today's message after the song, Do You Hear What I Hear? It kind of, wow, we got some buzzing going on. Um, really, over the last few years, we've had we've given the elders an opportunity to preach in front of the church on the weeks coming up to Christmas. In this year, during our last elders meeting, we were talking about this tradition. And we discussed whether or not we wanted to continue this for another year or see how it was going. And I, for one, really enjoy this little tradition that we have as elders of, of having the opportunity to give a message to you guys. Um. To me, it brings a little bit more to the Christmas, to the Christmas season. It, it kind of brings to mind the, the hard work that my dad used to do around Christmas time when he ran around the, the cities and towns that we lived in, playing Santa Claus so he could raise money to play Santa Claus again at the children's cancer ward. So he would do Christmas parties all over, just raising money. We would go out and go shopping and buy presents and fill stockings. And he would call the hospital and say, how many kids do you have on the cancer ward? And he'd go in and, and he would dress up as Santa Claus and give these kids just Christmas presents. For me, it, it's kind of another way that I can give a little extra during this time as well by, by trying to put a message together that hopefully you guys um, enjoy and get something out of. I also find it pretty amazing how over the last couple of years, the Lord has really kind of put a consistent message together through the elders before Christmas without us actually talking about what we were going to talk about. Like one guy starts talking, the next guy builds on it, the next guy builds on that, and we did not plan it ahead of time. So this year, we were talking about doing it, and before we left the elders meeting, or actually right afterwards, I think John was like, hey, I'm going to do uh, the song, What Child Is This? And I was like, cool, Christmas songs. Could look up some history of Christmas songs, kind of have some fun with it. And then John got sick, wasn't able to deliver his message last week, but Pastor Steve stepped up and, and did that for us. And as I got home that night, I was thinking about what song I wanted to do. And then Canute texted me the song he was going to do, which is the song I wanted to do. But, <laughs> but it's kind of like when you're walking out to the car and your big brother's like, shotgun. You kind of got to let him have shotgun. So Big Brother's got the, the song I was going to do next week, and I have no doubt he's going to do an awesome job with it. So I started thinking about other songs. And I will tell you that with what is going on in the world today, the song, Do You Hear What I Hear, is a message I think everyone needs to hear. So I looked up, and I actually had looked up the history of different Christmas songs before I chose that. So... Does anybody know when this song was written? 1800s? Probably not. It seems reasonable, right? 1962. 
It wasn't really originally written so much as a Christmas song, but as a song as a cry for peace in the middle of the Cuban Missile Crisis. So if you just look at the lyrics of the song, you could say, man, this song could have been around for centuries, telling the story of the birth of a child coming to save the world, to share his goodness and light. But that is really just the beginning of the meaning behind this lovely Christmas song. And Susie, as you were, you were talking about what's going on with Dave and Ashley and how they're, they're worried about this time being a time of, of, of worry and worried about their, their safety in there with elections and everything going on, it's no different than everywhere else in the world right now, right? People in this world are scared. Ukraine and Russia are at war. Israel and Hamas are at war. There are battles going on in our streets, on our college campuses, of people just hating other people. Darkness is really drowning out the light in many areas of the world, and it's scary. So frankly, I think this song has a lot of meaning that, that people can get from it, and I hope I can add a little bit more to the story for you today. Um, and I already said, without looking on your phone or tablet, does anybody know what was written? So we already got that piece. So this song seems like it could have been written and been around for centuries, but it was written in 1962 by a French-born man. His name was Noel Regini. And this song is a desperate cry for peace during the Cuban Missile Crisis from a man who had experienced the atrocities of war when he was drafted into the German army when France was overwhelmed by Hitler. Now, over the last couple years, you would know that typically when I put a message together, I kind of have some slides up there, show you some pretty pictures, but I don't want to show you the pictures of the atrocities of war. I have plenty of them. I have plenty of them on my computers from being a medic in Afghanistan, in Kuwait, and not knowing the, the injuries and stuff that were coming into my aid station. The, the pictures of just horrible, horrible things that are in my mind that I will never be able to forget. But those are pictures you don't need to see. But you have to know that those pictures of atrocities are out there, and they're out there in the world today, and we need to shine the light of Christ and make those pictures go away. Now, Mr. Regini could, um, he couldn't stand the Nazis who had occupied the land in which he was born. So he actually became a member of the French underground. But his job in the French underground required him to continue wearing the German uniform. He, he collected information and was warning the French resistance fighters of attacks that were being planned against them. And on one of his missions, he was to lead a group of German soldiers into a trap where the French would catch those soldiers in a crossfire. He was shot that day, but only suffered minor injuries. And it's actually thought that he was shot intentionally by the French so that it would protect him from the Germans being figuring out who he was. So he got injured in the war in pretend so that the Germans wouldn't catch him. Um, but he said that the memories of the enemy soldiers dying was etched in his mind forever. And shortly after this, he deserted the German, German army and he lived underground in France for the rest of the war, where he was quoted as saying, only then did I feel free when he got out of the military and, and, and uh, lived underground. So after the war, he became a musical director on Radio France and, it, and at a popular nightclub in Paris. 
1952, he moved to Manhattan where he composed TV for TV shows, made some jingles, and wrote musical compositions into the 1970s. But that's just a little history on him. In the 70s, he married a woman named Gloria Shane, who was also a musician. She was a composer and helped him write music. Oftentimes, um, Gloria would write the words to songs, and Noel would write the music to it. But when they combined to make the song, Do You Hear What I Hear, it was completely the opposite. Noel wrote the words, his wife wrote the music. And before writing the song, Noel thought that he would never write a Christmas song because Christmas had gotten too commercialized. Does anybody feel like that sometimes? Christmas is a little too commercial? Yeah. So as it turns out, in October of 1962, the Soviet Union and the United States were involved in a crisis centered around Russian missiles being placed in Cuba. The United States had threatened military actions against, um, against Russia and Cuba if the missiles stayed in place. And the world was in fear. Every day, we had two nuclear powers squaring off eye-to-eye, toe-to-toe, neither one being willing to back down. And the entire world was wondering when it was going to end. Do we see any reflections of that going on in the world today? So with Israel and Hamas being at war, anti-Semitism being touted throughout our country, we have many people just afraid to go to class. We have many people afraid to walk the streets. And now is a time, just like in 1962, when we need to hear a message of peace. But a peace that can only come from Christ. It can't come from man. We are, we are a fallen people. We cannot do it on our own. God needs to step in and intervene and change people's hearts throughout the world to bring them back to the light. Now, walking home one night, Noel had seen two mothers with their babies in their strollers. The babies were looking at each other and smiling, which instantly improved Noel's mood. These babies filled his heart with what became the beginning of his song, where it says, he said, the children's reminded him of newborn lambs, which created the opening, said the night wind to the little lamb. When he got home that evening, he wrote down the rest of the words to the song, and he asked his wife to, to make the music for the song. Gloria later stated that she and her husband had a hard time even singing the song after that because of the emotions it stirred up in them. It brought, brought back the fear of the thought of nuclear war and the end of the world as we know it. The fear of nations being scared if there was even going to be a future. Now, if you just look at Christmas songs, just Google, do you hear what I hear? You will find hundreds and hundreds of versions of that song that came to play. But the one that brought it to our nation's attention was sung by Bing Crosby in 1963. The song became a popular Christmas carol at that time, but its message of peace was lost on so many people. And I think still today that message of peace is lost on people. The cry for peace in that song is, is the biggest key of it. Right now we live in a time full of conflict. And what better time is there than right now for us to recall this beautiful song, its message, its cry for peace. Because there are conflicts going on around the world. Russia and Ukraine are at war. 
Israel and Hamas, let alone the entire Middle East, being in struggles. American troops are being attacked in the Middle East by those perpetrating terror. We see it on the news every day. Fighting is happening in our own streets, on our own college campuses. People do not feel safe walking around. Right now, they're talking about more people are applying for concealed weapons permits than ever before. There's an entire, in New York, because of the crime going on in New York City right now, Bodega Owners Union is literally helping bodega owners apply for their concealed carry permits so they can, they can go to work and feel somewhat safe. And I say somewhat safe because how can you truly feel safe when you need to have a gun with you to feel safe? So right now we need to remember this song, it's Cry for Peace, where, where it says the child, the child sleeping in the night, or as we like to think, the one who is sleeping in the manger, who has come to bring us goodness and light. And this is where I want to bring the message around to one of more hope, right? Let's go back to our scripture reading. I'm going to start back a little bit earlier in the, in the book of Isaiah. Uh, I'm going to start with chapter 9, verse 2. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They dwell in the land of the shadow of death. Upon them hath the light shined. It seems as we look at the world around us today that the darkness is growing. There are people living in the darkness in all corners of the world. Now, whether it's they never came to the light of Christ or they have turned from the light of Christ doesn't really matter. They're walking in darkness. But we who have stepped into the light and accepted the light of Christ need to continue to shine his light for those around us. We need to guide the way. Because as it says in Matthew 5, 15 and 16, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a nightstand. And it gives light for all those who are around in the house. In the same way, let your light shine. Let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Right? We're not called upon, once we've stepped into the light of Christ, to snuff out that light, to hide it under a basket. We are called upon to show that light, to use that light to guide other people to the loving, saving grace of Jesus Christ, to his peace, his wonderful counsel, his love. Back in Isaiah 9, 5 through 7, um, in, in 5 it says, For the trampling boot of battle and the bloodied garments of war will be burned as fuel for the fire. Right? I don't know how many people of you have served in the military and have seen the bloodied uniforms of war. But we don't have to worry about those anymore. Those will be gone someday. We will be living in Christ, in his love, and in his peace. Because as it says in 6 and 7, for a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. 
The dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the host of lords will accomplish this. So when I talk about the love of Jesus Christ conquering all the fear and all the evil in the world, this is, this is something that we can count on because in God's word, it says it's going to happen. So as we look around the world and we look at the fear that is being mongered and, and sold to us through, through the news, through the TV, through the radio, we need to turn away from that. We need to turn our hearts and our minds away from the evils of the world and turn it to the love of Christ. We need to grow in fellowship with one another and grow that light. Because again, for unto us a child is born, right? That's why this is a Christmas message, not one of having to live in fear because Christ was born for us to show us the way. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders. Right? We're worried about looking at the elections coming up ahead of us. How many people are afraid of the choices we have for president? Yeah. Right? It's not exactly a pretty sight for us to take a look at. But who's in charge? God. God's in charge of all this. So we don't have to be afraid of who gets elected next. We have to deal with them. We have to live with it. But we don't have to be afraid of it. With the wars that are going on in the world, when I say this is a message, a cry for peace, I'm not saying, I'm not joining with people saying there needs to be a ceasefire. I'm saying all sides from every nation need to turn their hearts and their minds and their love and their hope in Jesus Christ. That's where it needs to be, to, in the Prince of Peace, right? If we take our counsel from God and from Christ, is there going to be much more war in this world? if all people are bowing down and acknowledging Jesus Christ as the sovereign, as the, the leader of this world? It can't happen, right? And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Right? So let's break that down a bit. Wonderful Counselor. Doesn't that mean whenever you have a worry, whenever you have a struggle, that you have someone to turn to, right? You have, you have Jesus Christ on your side. You have the Bible to look to for your hope, for your guidance, to help you make choices. Now, does that mean that I can just open this book to any page and I'll have the answer to any question? Sometimes that means we need to turn to the godly men and women in our life and ask them for help when we need help. And I say the godly men and women in our life because if we turn to people of this world, we're going to get answers of this world. But if we turn to people whose hope 
and love and guidance comes from the Bible, from Jesus Christ, we are going to get the answers that come from the Bible in Jesus Christ. We're going to get the guidance that Jesus wants us to have. We are going to get his counsel from the people he put into our lives. So we should seek out those people. We should seek out their guidance as well as turning to the word of Christ ourselves. And God will be, and Christ and God will be the everlasting father, right? That means it's not going away, right? That means no matter how much darkness there is in the world, that little baby that came to earth to live as man, to die as man and pay the price for our sins will be here forever to give us that hope the eternal father, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Everything is going to be, everything that comes is, from, is through Christ. He is going to be the prince of peace. Unfortunately, sometimes peace is won through war, from battles that have to be fought to beat down the darkness and make the darkness go away. It's a scary thought, but if we go back and know that it's all things are, are done through Christ for his glory, we, we, have to, we have to trust that God has this, and we're going to, to make it through it. And that Prince of Peace is going to reign in the world forever. Now we go to chapter, uh, verse 7, of the increase in his government and, his, and peace there shall be no end. Okay? So when Christ comes into his kingdom forever, peace will be there. His peace will be there and there will be no end. And it will be upon the, in, uh, let's see, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom uh, to order it and to establish with ju judgment and justice, right? So, does that mean the sins of the world are going to go away and we're going to become perfect people? No. I don't think there's any hope that we're ever going to become perfect people. We'll, we can try. We can try to be better. We can live in Christ, follow his guidance, follow his wisdom, and do our best. But Christ will come and he will rule with justice. And henceforth and forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Now, like we would do for the babe in the manger, the child shivering in the cold, we need to provide warmth. We need to provide comfort. We need to provide light and hope. So I really, as we, as we think about things today in this song, I want us to remember that throughout this Christmas season and the months ahead, that the battle has already been won. Christ has already defeated death and evil. Now, are we going to come upon hard times? Probably. But yet we as followers of Christ need to shine and share his light, his love, his wisdom, and his peace for those around us. So let's go back to, to Matthew again. 
Matthew 5, 15, uh, 15 and 16. So when I talk about the child, this, this child that was born for us in his light, no one lights that light and, light and puts it under a, uh, sorry, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, right? So what have you been doing with your light lately? Have you been shining it for the world to see? It's a tough one, right? At a time like this when the world is so commercial, I mean, Christy was out Black Friday shopping in Arizona. And how did you describe it? Atrocious? Like, she's, like she came back from the mall and she said it was awful. Like, she's like, I never want to do that again. Like, like, and think about what these people are out doing. They are out trying to buy presents for other people or get shopping deals. I, I don't know. But if you're out shopping for Christmas presents for your loved ones and it ends in a fight, where is the spirit in that? Is that a spirit of the Prince of Peace? That's the spirit that leads to the reason this man had to write the song, the struggle for power, the struggle for more, that struggle that turns into nations fighting against nations, coming to battle face-to-face and toe-to-toe with fear that the world will be no longer the same because of the powers that they have in their hands. But these are powers of the earth, not powers from heaven. So as we do our shopping for Christmas, if we keep in mind the reason why we're doing the shopping, because we're trying to celebrate the birth of our Savior, I think your attitude will be a little bit different out there in the stores, right? Maybe it won't be an atrocious shopping experience. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a nightstand for all to see. For all, to give light for all who are in the house. So last night, Christy and I hosted a party for my coworkers at the house. One of the reasons I wanted to do that is because we haven't had a Christmas party for work in probably four years or so. Now, as we're hosting this party, it's like I invited my coworkers out to the house. I was really afraid that with the weather, nobody was going to show up because they all live in Spokane. Some are up in Colbert, but God brought them out there. We had a good time. And we got to share our love of this Christmas season with probably 26, 27 people in our home last night, right? We got to showcase kind of just, we had fun. We had a good time. No one got in arguments. We had a wonderful celebration. Everyone comes in our house, knows that I'm a Christian. We have crosses all over our house and people are talking about them. And they're seeing them. And one of the reasons I wanted to have that party is because, frankly, our teams need to know who we are, right? Your neighbors need to know who you are. The people you spend your days with at work need to know who you are beyond just the clothes that you wear. They need to know who you are as a person. They need to know, if you're a Christian, they should know that you share the love of Christ in all that you do. And so that's why when, when we had the party, it was like, 
I want to make this happen so my coworkers can see that I celebrate Christmas. And I celebrate Christmas because I love Jesus. Right? So I'll go back to, to the song. And we come back to, to, to the reality that Christ has already defeated death and evil. We may, become a, we may come apart hard times as followers of Christ, but we still need to shine and share his light, his love, and his wisdom, as well as, the, as well as his peace for those around us. So going back to the last verse of this song, I know we haven't sung it yet today. I don't know if we're going to. doesn't matter. I wrote it down so I didn't forget. Said the king to the people everywhere, listen to what I say. So who's the king? Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is saying in this song, listen to what I say. Pray for peace, people, everywhere. Right? The Prince of Peace is calling us to pray for peace in this world. Not peace in America, but calling for people all over the world to pray for peace. Listen to what I say. The child, the child is sleeping in the night. He will bring us goodness and light, right? He will bring us goodness and light. So I know this song comes from a time of darkness and despair and fear. But for those, li- us, those of us living in the light of Christ, we don't have to live in fear anymore. We can sing this song and celebrate and pray for peace in the world around us. It can be, it can be hard a hard thing to do. As we look at the things and the, and the arguments that people are, are saying out there as to, why one nation should be more important than another. They can, they can make a pretty good argument. But where does that argument come from? Does that argument come from here? Not the cell phone, but the Bible. <laughs> right? Does that argument for who should be more important, does that come from the word of Christ or does it come from the word of man? Right? When we showcase Jesus Christ as the supreme ruler in our lives, there is no battling of nations anymore because we're all, we're all fighting for the same king. That same prince of peace, the one who will bring us goodness and light, right? Does that song end with, he will bring us darkness and destruction? Right? So let's go back to the, the second, uh, the second uh, part of that, that last verse. Pray for peace, people everywhere. So I urge you, as we move forward into the days, weeks, months, and even just the hours ahead, I urge you all to pray for peace in this world. A peace that can only come from Jesus Christ, living in the hearts of men around, men and women around the world. Right? I pray that you teach your children to follow Christ and follow his principles and pray for peace. Because that is the only way we are going to make the generations behind us better than we are today is to teach them to be better than we are today, right?
So I know we're going to close up a little bit early, and I apologize for that, but it's the way it goes sometimes. When I was talking and thinking about this message, I could think of no better time to, for, for a song that was crying for peace uh, to be talked about and the message behind it to be talked about. And that's why I chose it. And I know you're going to hear a good message from Canute next week that's going to be about another song, and I am, I am pretty excited to hear what he has to say. Um, but I really wanted to make sure that you got a, a little bit more behind the song. You got a little bit of a history lesson, and you realize that even the writers of these songs may have an ulterior motive, not just, not just singing pretty songs about a little baby in a manger, because that little baby in the manger is, is important. He is the reason for Christmas. He is the reason we're all here. But at the same time, when you look at his message of peace that is cried for in this song, you realize why we need to hear it today. So thank you all for your time this morning. Um, and I'd just like to close with a word of prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for bringing everyone here this morning. I thank you for those that are out there in, in Facebook land. And I pray that uh, the words of this song can ring true in people's hearts that the king of the world will, that people will listen to the king of the world, that, they will, that people everywhere will pray for peace, and that they will turn to, to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, to be the one who gives them their guidance and their hope in this world. I pray for this little baby that was born in a manger that we all celebrate at this time of year, that his message is not lost upon us in this, this time of Christmas, that his message of coming to the world to save us from our sins, to save us from who we are as people, and to change us who we need to be as followers of Christ. I pray that everyone puts their light up for people to see and shine, and, and people go out to their, their workplaces and their communities, and they shine your light and your love around them for all to see. And we see more peace coming about this world as a result of your love and your transformation in our lives, Lord. Lord, I thank you again for this time, and I pray that uh, as we close this service, everyone is able to travel home safe this, this afternoon. And I pray for those that are out there keeping our roads clean and getting the roads clean for us to be able to travel, that you bring them home safe today, Lord. In your name we pray, amen.